Welcome to another exciting episode of the Start Down Podcast. I appreciate having you here today. The 2022 theme is we have exciting guests. Uh, we've had some stateside guests. I'm excited today because we have an international guest, which uh, to me is always fun. Uh, and I enjoy that. And I think we're going to get a lot out of this. And the thing I love about um, these types of interviews is the entrepreneurial community is huge. It's massive, uh, but it's also very small, right? And, and it's neat that we could all be a part of that community. So Simon Severino, uh, as I always say, no one introduces themselves better than you do. So why don't you introduce yourself to the audience and then we will get this thing rolling. Hey, Mike. Hey, everybody. 21 years ago, I did fall in love with the problem of go-to-market. It's a big problem. How do we enter a market? How do we crush it in the market? How do we stay in the market ahead of our competitors? That's my thing. That's what I have, you know, be blessed to be part of. And every day, the last 21 years, every day, I have served teams in that space. The only thing that changed, of course, in 21 years, technology changed and my role and my involvement changed. I was first the, the advisor itself who would fly to your city, help you solve the problems with your team, then fly back home. And then later on, we digitized. And now we are a global company with um, certified strategy sprints coaches in almost any time zone now. So we are now a full team. And um, and my role is just business owner and spokesperson. And that's why uh, I had time now to, to write a book and to tell more people. I'm on six podcasts every day uh, and I'm now blessed to have the chance to tell people, hey, there is something if you run a business doesn't need to be hard, can be fun, can be easy. There are proven blueprints. Uh, here they are. That's what I do. I love that. I love that. You know, I, I love the way you say that too. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be easy. And I think a lot of people, um, especially they're transitioning out, right? You mentioned uh, kind of before we went on air, these are difficult and changing times. We know COVID and now we're going into a recession. A lot of people left their, you know, quote unquote corporate job, right? Where there was a rigor, a pressure, a, a standardization, if you will, of processes. And then they go into their own business and they're almost used to that chaos, right? So they start a business and then they bring that chaos from the corporate world, if you will, and the pressures and, and everything with them. How do you help business owners decipher that? Look, you don't have to live in a state of chaos to run your business. You can run in a state of calm. Yeah, when they start with us and we coach them, they're still in hustle mode. Yes. Oh, I need to do more of this, more of that, more of that. Give me all the Instagram checklist that you have. Give me the swipe copies so I can send more emails. And and many times we say, probably it's not better to do more of anything. Let's quickly just map out who you are here to serve. Let's pick one thing that they really need to solve right now. And let's just optimize for that the next 90 days. Let's optimize each part. And every week, like a gardener, we come uh, through all plants and some of them get water and some get minerals. And so after 90 days, you will have improved this one offer. It can be a service, can be a product so much. And you know so much about the client because you really cared every day that you are basically unbeatable. You have the best offering for that kind of thing. For that problem, they will they will look no further. And they will send you all their friends because they feel that you care and that you have optimized this to solve that problem specifically. And so they will tell everybody. Uh, it's, it's like you know, CrossFit people telling all their friends that they need to go CrossFit or Bitcoiners. Everybody has to buy Bitcoin. Yeah. 
or you know uh, it was the, the, the vegans uh, five years ago that would tell everybody about veganism yeah if something it's the works, carnivores it's the complete opposite the carnivore guys are telling everybody now you have the carnivores <laughs> on, yes exactly and so they will tell about they will tell about it if it really has an impact on their life so just pick one thing and for the next 90 days let's optimize every single part of it now you have the opposite of the hustling culture we do a bottleneck analysis so it's finding out what's the weakest part in the business for example if i ask you mike next week you take on 10 more clients like 10x you're the number of clients that you take on per week which part of your business breaks first right now it might be the onboarding part it might be no onboarding is easy but then i cannot deliver because i don't have enough people so you have still manual processes then maybe week one is the part that breaks delivery of week one then we know oh that's the bottleneck let's solve for that first so this week your whole team marketing sales operations will and and your sprint coach will only works towards solving that bottleneck and if you are a solopreneur it's just you with those three hats on <laughs> that's the first year i love that but hopefully not the second so the first year is exactly like that in the second you shouldn't anymore Yep. Yes, in the beginning, you immerse yourself into the problem, you build the solution, but as soon as you got it, and you can get it in the first year, as soon as you found the solution, now it's about writing it down, handing it over, now hiring, hand it over, move to the next bigger problem, solve that. Like Elon Musk was learning how to build cars for the first time, he immersed himself six months, literally sleeping in the place, uh, immersed, literally, until he got it. Now... He learned something. Now he says, okay, now I have an idea of how to build cars. Okay, I wrote it down. This is the process. He hired a team and now he has the car building team. That team, he he parachutes to Berlin. Boom, there's the next factory. He parachutes that team to Shanghai. Boom, there's the next factory. So first you immerse yourself. You solve a big problem. Then you write it down. You automate it. And then you scale it. But, but it's not you. Then you create the conditions for other people to scale it across the globe. Like I immersed myself in sales and marketing consulting. I created the method, the strategy sprints method. And then I created the certification program, 60 days of certifying people to be able to do that. And now they go out there, do it in Argentina. They do it in Singapore. They do it in the UK. Yep. They scale it. So there are stages in building a business. The first stage, you immerse yourself in the problem. You find the solution. Stage two. You write it down and you hand it over. Stage three, you enjoy watching it scale. I love that. And, you know, you mentioned a couple of things that I really want to dig a little deeper on. Um, and, and you kind of phrased them a little bit differently, but I talk about the same thing in my book. And I, and I truly believe they are a car of a business, right? Marketing, sales, and implementation. And most businesses don't know how to do all three, right? They don't know. They're re really either really good at marketing and they're not getting any sales or they're really good at sales and they're not good at delivering on that promise, right? Whatever it may be. Very rarely yes. are they firing on all three cylinders, and sometimes you gotta you gotta pull the gas back, if you will, a little bit on one of them. Um, but you mentioned automation, right? And and I've seen businesses, and then you also mentioned like the guy that wants all the Instagram scripts and all the email scripts and everything, because automation could also be the the life and the death of a business, right? It could be it could be the medicine and it can be the poison. How do you balance that line between, hey, yeah, this should be automated, or no, this this really needs that customer service personal touch, and you're gonna lose your clients if you start automating that part of it. Yeah, great question. 
Because in the beginning, you immerse yourself and it's all manual. Do it manually, do it yourself. At, but very soon, think about the repeatability. We are not automating yet. We are thinking, how can we make this simple and repeatable? This is when we will start writing it down. So you found something that works. It helped 10 people. Now, when you do the 11th job on that same thing, now you start writing it down. And when you write it down, you think, how can we make this repeatable and simple? Because now you will hand it over. You might hand it over to software. You might hand it over to people. You have to feel what's right for that. It, the principle is it always needs to serve the needs of the people you're here to serve. So it, it should never feel like a robot. Never. Interesting. And I give you an example. I think it's a, it's a great, I think Tesla and Amazon are very good examples. Amazon. I go there, I buy a book. You know, I studied philosophy, so I love Nietzsche. I click Nietzsche, Ecce Homo, give me the book. Yeah. And then there is a robot popping up saying, hmm, you might like Schopenhauer. Yeah. They are damn right. They are so right. They know me better than my mom. But it's a robot. It doesn't feel like a robot. It's, it feels like the best Expert. librarian that you yeah. might find on the planet. Yep. Like a really good librarian. That's interesting. That's interesting. <laughs> it doesn't feel like a robot. So that's a good automation. Love it. The opposite of that, let's talk Twitter. On Twitter, you have robots that feel like robots. <laughs> they spam you. Yep. They feel like robots. They talk like robots. They are robots. Yeah. And even the people there feel like robots because I, you don't know anymore who is a real person here yep. and what's a bot. Yep. So that's why everybody hates Twitter right now, even the users. Yep. Oh, I know. <laughs> uh, and even the management team. Sorry, but yeah, they don't yeah. care yeah. at yeah. all LinkedIn, right now. LinkedIn's another great place for that, right? And the messages like, oh, I was looking at your profile and I always ask that LinkedIn bot. I said, so what was the most interesting to you or your bot about my profile? And it's like dead silence. You know, it's like, oh, did I throw exactly. the script off? Did I throw the automation off? <laughs> exactly. Oh, so that awesome. is, so that is, Automation, yes, but only if it serves a purpose. So in the Amazon example, it serves because you could never have, okay, how many librarians do you need to do that job personally? Correct. It's not possible. Yeah, It's not humanly possible. So what is the best service to, to create a robot that does that? That's the best thing you can do for the user. Yep. Because of course, it's better for me to have that happening right now instead of me flying to the librarian wherever they are talking an hour to them and then they understand me you know yeah. it's not the same thing so on the other side uh if it's just talking to people don't give that to a chat bot talk to yeah. them call them yeah yeah it always needs to serve that specific person with that specific problem in that specific situation if they're on a time crunch make it quick for them but if it's something where you go deep and they need trust, etc., talk to them, meet them, take time. That's my take on automations. Yes, make things repeatable because it is in service of the user. But if it's not in service, then no, then that it's a very negative thing like Twitter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you, you mentioned that kind of the boundaries and I love that. And, and you mentioned solopreneurs as well. Um, one of the things I wrote about in my book, cause it's kind of a pet peeve of mine is the, the idea I say, you should not call yourself a CEO. 
And the reason is, is I think it's 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 a process of you got to get there, right? Because I've I've sat with CEOs of major companies, and then you'll you'll try to communicate with someone, and then, oh well, I'm I'm the CEO of like you know Mike Vicara Inc., and then it's just that one person they're a solopreneur. It really doesn't give the true representation to who you are. What's your thoughts on that? Like, when do you, you know, because I know you do CEO to CEO coaching. So I'm really curious to hear, A, your definition on what makes a CEO. And then at what point in your business should you be calling yourself a CEO? The CEO question. I think titles are something that actually nobody needs. If you enjoy them, use them, but I don't care about titles. So the question is, what are we here to do and who are we here to serve? Mm. That clarity is important and whatever you decide in your team that the roles are, make that very, very clear. And if your title helps you in expressing that and is even fun for you because it gives you status or whatever, enjoy it, write it. Love it. So, and if CEO gives you the clarity, in, in our case, I am the CEO. And in the in our team, we know what that means. That means um, this guy has the full responsibility for five things. He has to make sure that there is a vision written down, so compelling, so attractive, accessible for everybody that when you read it, you get um, goosebumps and that when other people read it, that they apply to work for us. So that's his job number one. Who does that? This guy. Second, who hires? This guy. Who fires this guy? <laughs> so it gives you some clarity, right? If there is not a performance tracking of, are we moving in the right direction at the right pace? Who needs to do that? This guy. So right. in our case, there is a very specific set of expectations that everybody knows, and, uh, and they help support that by taking all the other tasks off me because they know that I have to do these five things. I love that. So it's a it's a clear contract. And in this case, it's a helpful thing to give it a name to say what are the main five things that you expect from them. Because now everybody else doesn't need to think about hiring, doesn't need to think about firing. They can relax and say, no, it's, it's this guy. That's awesome. And I think that's great too, even for the early stage entrepreneur, right? To give them clear expectations of themselves and who they are, you know, and, and what they need to do. Um, so I, I love that. I love that. I, I think that's a great, that's a great definition and a great direction. Well, you know, so I'm big on, uh, I love the origin stories. And that's one of the reasons that I love about this podcast is like, so how did all this start, right? Like what made the difference between you doing this or being a doctor or a lawyer or considering a philosophy? Like why, why go this route? What, what, what made you say, Hey, this is, this is the route I need to go. <laughs> it's funny because my route is not linear. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I started philosophy. That's how I started. And yeah. then. Uh, probably similar to you, after that, I was like, hmm, what do I do now in the world with it? Yeah. <laughs> and so, and I, I was lucky because it, it was the early 90s and you had these big corporations, like big consultancies were looking for something different than economic, economic graduates. They were looking for scientists, philosophers, and those tra traversal um, 
uh, alumnus, these strange people who have just learned to think in a structured matter. Their thesis was maybe they bring in new ideas. And so that was my lucky window and I used it. I jumped into that window. I became a junior consultant in a global uh, strategy advisory. And that was my lucky moment. And I was um, awake enough to use it. Love it. And so I didn't take one weekend off. I did fly to every city, to every strategy retreat of the BMWs, the Boeing, Ingelheim, etc. And we had to find out how they can be better than their competitors. We would be five days in, in, in a war room until we find the best strategy and how to enter that market. It was fun. And I worked for four years in a row without, without interruption. Uh, I saw the world. It was great. And then from there, I just, and then at that point, I, I was married. And then my wife said, hey, what about our marriage? What about having time together? Yeah. And I said, well, it's a great idea, actually. So maybe I can do this on my own. Ooh, can we, can we do that? Yeah, let's try. Come on, let's try. It's worth trying. And so I went on my own. It was easy, uh, much easier than I thought. And so I was now the, the consultant. And then from there, after the first year, I started hiring, writing down what works, handing it over. And from there, now it's a it's a global business. I love that. I love that. So tell me about the book. I know Strategy Sprint, she's, you mentioned earlier, it's available on Amazon. Uh, I see up there on your bookshelf. I also see a row of books, which I want to talk about in a little bit as well behind you. Uh, but tell me about your book. You know, Tell me about what's in there and, and why people should read it. So Strategy Sprint's, really answers the questions that I had. How do you run a company when around you, everything is uncertain, volatile, broken, but you need to take decisions and you're building something and you want this to get across. So how do you do that? Uh, how do you do marketing? How do you sales? How do you operations? How do you hiring and firing in under this very, very tough conditions? And so I because I was doing this every day with entrepreneurs and, and, and my team said, now that you have time, Simon, that you are not in operations anymore, please write a book because not everybody can afford a sprint coach. So right. write a book, get it out there, bring it to the whole world uh, so that every Barnes and Noble, every airport, etc., can have it because this can help so many people right now who are running a business and it's just tough. So share what works, share the blueprints, share the checklists. At least they have something, you know, to give them structure and to take some of the stress off their shoulders because they can just go like a cookbook and, and can concentrate on, on cooking instead of thinking about right. the process of it. So, okay, then at least I do my thing. I'm great at this. Let me concentrate on this. And for the rest, I use just these checklists. And so that's what I did. I teamed up with a graphic designer, with a publisher, with a copywriter, with people who would ensure that this is a book that's a, that's a good product and it's fun to read and it's easy to read and feels like Netflix and not like, oh, I'm reading a business book, <laughs> oh, it's boring. Strategy so, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so they helped, uh, especially seeing the, 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 the copywriter. She said, oh, Simon, you cannot end a chapter like this. And I said, why? Uh, it's just over. I said, yeah, it's over. No, no, no. That's not, not how you end the chapter. It, it needs to be like an episode in Netflix. You need a hook 
and people want to go to the next chapter. I said, oh my God, we can do that. <laughs> and she said, yes, that's how you write a book. I'm like, wow, I'm learning so much here. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we de definitely got to check out the book. And, and Simon, I know we're coming up on a little bit of time here, but I do have a few more questions I want to ask you if that's okay. Um, and knowing you've traveled so much, uh, and, and you kind of mentioned that earlier, and, and I know you're overseas, you live in Austria. Where's the coolest place you've traveled? Though? Where's the coolest place you've gone, uh, whether doing business or pleasure? Where's the coolest place in the world you've traveled and got to visit? You know, I've 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 seen all these places. And, and now you might say, yeah, Los Angeles, Miami, Bali, etc. I can come up with Singapore. I can go to Paris. Actually, now that I'm 42, the answer is different. The only exciting place is inside. I love it. It's inside. I it's wherever it. you are right now. And it's the place between your two ears because this is where you construct reality right now. I love it. And maybe if quantum physics is right, I'm not a, an expert scientist, but they tell me these modern uh, quantum physics books tell me that actually there is nothing else than uh, you creating that reality. So maybe it's even the only place that actually exists and the rest is like a little bit of a matrix. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I some days, <laughs> some days I question it. And I got to say, you're you're uh, you're the same age I am. So you and you got a better head of hair than I do. So you must have something figured out, right? So, <laughs> well, this is this has been awesome, Simon. A few more quick rapid questions here. Uh, no wrong answer. Just some that I enjoy more than others, and the audience may enjoy. And and more importantly, I always uh, get to tell my team, hey, this is what this guy said, and he's super smart. So you ready? Sure. Very philosophical. Uh, iPhone or Android? iPhone. Uh, there we go. Mac or PC? Mac. All right. Google Drive or Dropbox? Google Drive. All right. Uh, not bad. Um, a podcast recommendation for the audience? Podcasts. Let me check. I listen to... You've been so on many. a bunch of them, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Six per day. Yeah. Uh, well, it depends on the topic. Give me a... I have... Many. Many anyone you, uh, how about something that relates to what you do? Something on strategy sprints? Well, there is a podcast. It's called Strategy Sprints. That's the, the most. But then also, I love Seth Godin's podcast. It's called Akimbo. Beautiful. Every day he shows up and he has a new angle, a new idea. He's, he's the master. I love that. And when you are a podcast listener, so when you listen to podcasts, you listen to on 1x speed or 2x speed? 1x. 1x. I love that. I love that. All right. And then uh, it could be your own book or one of those ones on the shelf behind you. A book recommendation for the audience. Mm, I, I love reading books. And let me pick two books. You can pick so, two. Um, one, if you are a team that does create products. And one, if you are a team that runs a business and has to scale it. So one book is for in the business, one book is for on the business. The book for in the business is called Sprint, How to Solve Big Problems and Test New Ideas in Just Five Days. Mm. It's by Jake Knapp. And it's really good for everything product. If, if you are building something, if you're a team working in the business, building great stuff, want to learn how to build it and test it quickly, that's the best book. And then the second recommendation if, is, is if you are working on the business and you have to understand 
and get right the business of business. How do you scale something? How do you make it repeatable? How you make it so awesome that people run for you out there and become your marketeers? Even voluntarily, just without being paid, they run around and say, oh, you have to call Mike. That's working on the business. Mm -hmm. For that, that I recommend Strategy Sprints by Simon Severino because that's that's why I wrote the book and that's that's what's it what it's about. That's awesome. I love those two great recommendations. Well, Simon, this has been great. Uh, if people want to get your book or learn more about you, what's the best way for them to connect you through social media, through your website? What's the best way you'd like people to get in contact with you? We hang out at strategiesprints.com. And I have also a YouTube channel called Strategy Sprints and one called Simon Severino, where I share every week what my mistakes and what I'm learning in in this journey of being an entrepreneur. I love it. I love it. Well, I appreciate you taking the time today. It means a lot. We'll make sure we include links to all that in the bottom of the episode here. Uh, so if you didn't get to write those down because you're listening on 2x speed like I do, um, you can go ahead and check the description uh, for those links and the book recommendations and the podcast recommendations from Simon. Simon, once again, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you all of you for listening today. For more great episodes like this, visit thestartdown.com. For more about me, MikeFakara.com. And I will see you on the next episode.